I'm Chris and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness. So here we are, episode 14. That seems like a very big grown-up number to me, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and usually I'm, I'm taking the reins today. Hooray! Just for a change of, change of voice for everybody. <laughs> um, but we're all here. We're all back in the virtual studio. So uh, the whole gang's here. Uh, Alex, Kath and Dom. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. Don't get, don't get carried away, Chris. Oh, you think the power's going to go to my head? <laughs> you never know. Fame, fame. <laughs> How has everybody been this week? Good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel okay, don't not. all come in at once. <clears throat> You're determined to make this one hard, aren't you? We're all, being, we're all just being polite. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, so should I pick on somebody then? I'll put you on the spot. Go on then. Yeah, sure. Go on then. All right, Dom, tell us what sort of week you've had. Uh, just busy. I've, you know, I've quite been. I've been quite enjoying the rain. Yeah, uh, I quite like that. Yeah, uh, Alex giving me a funny look there. Well, hmm? just because we've got a leaky roof, we've got we've got drips. They're not coming into the house yet, but it's wet up in the loft. Ah, yeah. so it makes you anxious when it mm-hmm. rains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I quite like it. <laughs> Why would you, you like it? Just. Uh, I, I, I guess because I, I think I might have said this before actually, because I take a lot of pictures and. Um, the streets start looking really interesting with all the water on them and the reflections mm. of all the light and everything. So, so I actively want to be out of the house when it's raining. I've kind of trained myself to think about it differently. I think that's interesting. I don't think I'll ever forget the line from Elaine's uh, interview when she says, uh, "You're not made from sugar. You're not going to melt. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you're all right yeah. going out in the rain." I've yeah, yeah absolutely. I've, I've, I've remembered that. That's that's a good one. <laughs> How about you, Kath? What's been going on? Well, autumn's come to my garden, mm-hmm. and um, the the fish are now swimming around under a beautiful layer of uh, autumn-coloured leaves that have dropped off my next door neighbour's big tree. <laughs> well, not over nice. there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that that's been a surprise, and my COVID hideaway in the garden, which is is where I've been for, on the sunny days. The sun's getting lower and lower there, so it's coming into autumn. Very Mm. different. Mm. It is very noticeable now, isn't it? Nice, nice. Okay. I I made a bit of a discovery this week, actually, which I was quite pleased about. Um, There's there's a Twitter account, which is linked to a a website called Positive News UK. I don't know, has anybody come across that yet? No, tell me I've heard about it, but I've never checked it out, yeah. It's worth it, just particularly if 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 you're one of these kind of social media people, um, there's an awful lot of horrible stuff happening at the moment. So <laughs> it's quite a good account to follow. Just occasionally it drops in just good news stories into the, the normal flow of things. And that's, that's actually been mm. helping me quite a lot this week. So it's encouraging. So that's that's yeah. my top tip for this week is to go and go and find positive news. My favourite Twitter is uh, Free Facts. And they put oh, yeah. one out the other day that's saying uh, toast is just cooked bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> <I quite> like. <laughs> well, bread is just cooked bread. It's really... <laughs> Well, you tell them that. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I will. That's, that's like double cooked chips, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what the heck's a double cooked chip? Yeah. You can't do much more damage to it after the first time. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right, this is all nonsense. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, shall I introduce uh, this week's guest interview then? Go for it. Okay, so this week I had the pleasure of talking to uh, local businesswoman Michelle Jones, and as you'll hear, it was a conversation that ranged across a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it covered things like community, family, dealing with chronic illness, uh, and more importantly, how to go about planning for what 
it's the happiest day of many people's lives. Michelle Jones, a very uh, warm welcome to the uh, Geordie Guide to Happiness. A warm welcome on what I think is probably quite a chilly day. I don't know. I haven't been outside the house yet. Is it? What's it like out there? I did the school run this morning. It's actually a beautiful day. The sun's shining and it's that perfect crisp autumn day. Do you know where you... You know, the colours in the in obviously are changing all around us and but yeah it's nice so if you can got time to go out for a walk today it's the perfect environment for it i think i need to i, I I've, I've not been meeting my steps target i have to say for the last couple of days so it's, i've it's, not uh... been meeting them for the past few years so <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you an autumn person is it is it a season that you you kind of feel mm, yeah i love it when it gets to autumn I love all seasons and when I'm in that season I'm always like oh I love this time of year <laughs> so yes I don't necessarily have a, a favourite do you know for me today with the sun shining you could feel that slight warmth in the sun but you can feel the winter biting do you know it's it's just lovely it's that alive feeling isn't it that you get I think in the spring and the autumn they have that sort of sense of I'm alive do you know this is amazing and taking in everything that's around you in yeah. spring and autumn I definitely think that sort of makes us tune in to, you know to the environment I think yeah I think you're right I mean the other thing about autumn for me is my birthday's at the end of October so I always kind of associate you know, leaves changing colour with oh presents please oh, that's, that's always <laughs> kind of nice yeah um, I should should probably point out I mean the, the background noise that's going on uh, over at your place at the moment there's, there's a reason for that isn't there oh can you hear it yeah 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 <laughs> Yes, um, yeah, we're having a huge um, house renovation <laughs> at the moment, which should have been over in June, but obviously COVID had other plans for everybody, so it's still ongoing at the moment. And actually what you can hear there is um, the work on the outside of the property, so we're getting a canopy put onto the front of the house. So yeah. at the moment and then there's other things going on inside as well today mm -hmm. i bet it's a real hive of activity at the moment yes yeah it's um obviously managing social distancing and things like this why you're working on that like a project like this it's just trying to manage everything around the guidelines as well as move on with your project so everything's just been heightened and everything's twice as difficult <laughs> so it's it's been quite a challenge to, you know and but we're getting through it <laughs> well, once you get into the house once it's all done and it's all finished and you can forget about all this phase it'll be great yeah it'll be yeah so nice. it, it will it'll be worth it you know it'll feel even more special when we get inside because obviously I should explain that we're not living in there we can't live in there it's got mm -hmm. no it's got no water gas or electric or anything there's not <laughs> it's not even a toilet in there it's completely empty so obviously we're actually in a fa the flat next door to the house which we've been really really lucky yeah to, you know to be able to just move next door <laughs> You and I, have we, we've known each other for a couple of years. Uh, well, more than a couple of well, years, actually. Yes. I think I've probably known you for as long as we've lived in Newcastle, uh, which is about 10 years. Um, but for people that don't know you, just um, introduce yourself. Who, who is Michelle Jones? Um, Michelle Jones is a mum and a homemaker. And that's how I like to sort of see myself first and foremost. That's my mm -hmm. priorities. And, but I'm also a business owner. And I own a, 
business in the wedding industry, <laughs> which again during this time is a very, very challenging business to have. And I've also got um, quite a number of passions, which all involve helping people. So I've got obviously a number of voluntary roles and charity roles. And I'm also working on a, a new project at the moment to try and harness all of that and basically push my own personal ethos into a business with purpose. So, so yeah, the, a lot going on as with everybody. But as I say, when I think about myself, I'm a, a mum, do you know, and running around like all of us working mums, trying to make it through the day, do you know, and enjoy life the best we can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're one of these people that's, would you say you're happiest when you're busy rather than when you're at rest? Is that, is that yes. fair? Yes, yes. If I'm resting, mm -hmm. I feel slightly uneasy. <laughs> and especially if I know there's things to do. So, but not to say I can't switch off, no. but in terms of switching off, I've got a different way of switching off to what most people would think rest is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, when, when would you say you're at your, your happy? I mean, you probably answered this a little bit already. But when would you say you're at your happiest? I'm happy when I'm helping somebody achieving it. Mm. Achieving, sorry, I should explain it. Um, achieving <laughs> what we've went through a process to achieve together. So, obviously, as a mum, I love nothing more than, obviously, helping my children complete a task you know or overcome a hurdle or a barrier um within the wedding work obviously for me seeing a couple get married do you know and then mo make the most amazing memories on what is one of the most special days of their life is just incredible do you know and that tends mm -hmm. to be sort of a, a 12 month process and to then get to that pinnacle of that like that one day is amazing yeah. do you, and through my voluntary work it's always the activity of creating uh, just say an event to then reach our end goal and then actually that end goal materializing it's i i get lots of highs throughout my mm. like throughout my journey which i'm really really lucky to be in a position where the things i've chosen to do in life actually allow me to deliver those highs for other people and then I'm rewarded with those highs as well so it um I do feel very privileged to be in a position where I do experience that on a regular basis well you mentioned that ethos before and that sounds like where, where that's coming from that's that's your the core driver yeah. for you is yes that, is that yeah right? helping other people is a huge driver for me and it's what makes me tick and I, I went through mm. a process of trying to understand your core purpose to understand what I wanted to achieve to you know in, in each area of my life and each of them came down to when I'm helping others I feel at my best do you know and I perform over mm. and above do you know what my own expectations of myself were so in that really drives me forward it's an interesting mix isn't it because um, a lot of people who are driven like that um are very kind of task oriented and, uh, and outcome oriented but i get the impression that you're you're very people oriented yes. with it um because if you look at you even your 
um, your, your Twitter handle is, is, is it, Shell's yes. Kind World. Yes. Is that right? So, yeah. So it's obviously something which is, that's, that's you know, really fundamental yes, to you. Yes, really fundamental. I made my own little motto years ago, which is, I love it as a motto and I do live my life by it. And it's actually, it's funny now because obviously my children are repeating that, you know, learned behaviours mm. and they've been rewarded with stuff in school for for imitation really do you know which is for me is fantastic but the motto is um a little bit of kindness makes the world sparkle and mm. i really believe in it you know i just think if each of us every day just touch somebody with a little bit of kindness that the ripple effect of that is really significant to, you know and it goes from being something quite small to creating something huge and really fantastic and impactful to, you know, and I always think and say to obviously the, the kids mainly, any little thing that it might seem insignificant, but just helping somebody or talking to somebody or smiling at somebody, asking somebody out the hat, taking time out to, you know, and giving that helping hand and going that little bit step further for your sort of fellow man, your friend, you know, it, it not only makes you feel good, it makes them feel good, and then they pass it forward. It tends to have that knock-on effect. So I do believe that if we all did small acts of kindness, we would make the world sparkle as a whole. And it needn't cost you very much to do. That's the thing about a smile or just a kind of a friendly word, is it's, yes. it's you know, doesn't involve you doing a huge amount. But a smile but, costs yeah, nothing. That, for that person, it might be hugely Yeah, a smile costs nothing at all. We all know ourselves that internally, if we're sat a bit low down in the dumps, the difference a smile can make to our inner feelings within ourselves mm. is huge. Do you know, you can't really measure it, but you do know that you're lifted with a smile. And... You could just pass somebody in the street that day and that little bit of a smile to that person, just to acknowledge them, could lift them out of whatever situation they're feeling. Even if it's just for a split second, do you know, for that split second, mm. they've shared that, that joy and that feeling. Do you know, and it, it is an important, important part of life is to enjoy it. Um, you mentioned before when you were describing, describing your life, the fact that you're, uh, you're a business yes. owner. Um, and uh, that business is is yeah. planning weddings, and that's that's one of the main reasons why I thought oh Michelle would be a good person to talk to because weddings obviously for a lot of people, uh, well hopefully everybody, you know when when you get asked what you know what's what was the happiest day of your life, uh, lots of people will say oh yeah. it's my wedding. It's a, it's a really kind of special day. It's you know something which you know shapes mm -hmm. your life, um, and you know people are, are kind of desperate to get right. For people that probably don't know the the role of a wedding planner, what, what what do you do? What's what's the what's what's your function when it comes to kind of putting together somebody's big day? Well, the pro, like the the function, the process um, is design, planning, management, and coordination. Do you know? So first and foremost, it's designing the day. Everything from the obviously the styling through to the menus, but also the feeling, the flow of the day. Do you know the vibe that you want to create? And then obviously moving on from that is the planning element of it. And that's obviously drawing a team of people. Do you know? So we're very, very lucky within the Northeast region to be 
have an abundance of choice in relation to suppliers so what everybody's needs are you can actually match that perfectly within the region so it, it's a big plus to be a wedding planner here because there's so much creativity around so once obviously those suppliers are in place creating that vision together is really important and then obviously it's managing the process from that point of view risk assessments you know schedules coordination lists and all the paper-based stuff that people probably don't realize they're involved in actually a wedding coming together and then obviously the coordination of it but for me functions one side of it the personal relationship is the bigger element and for me to actually get all of that pro process perfect, that relationship and the bond that I develop with my couples is the foundation of all of that work. And to create and deliver a day for them that is completely unique to them as individuals as well as a couple celebrates the, the love that they both share, but also sets the foundation for their future plans do you know i think we've got to remember that we get consumed by this word wedding yes it is a wedding day but fundamentally it is the first day of somebody's married life to, you know and we're there to celebrate the union of two people which is the union of two families which then goes on to create a new family to, you know so it <laughs> If you look at the process, that's how a lot of people view wedding planning and they think, oh, it's, it's so, it's such a lovely, glamorous job and things. And the process is lovely. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm creative, so I love seeing what makes people tick, do you know, and drawing that into a design, seeing what their wishes are and bringing those into an, the vision alive, but without that personal connection. It would just be a wedding, to, you know, and what we're actually celebrating is a, a union. Do you find that people come to you with a very clear idea in their own mind about what they want, or do you, do you find yourself having to actually kind of sit down and work from 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 scratch? Think about you know what you find out about them and what what it is that makes them a couple and and, and build from there. What what was what's, what's it yes, like? Yes, well, every couple's different, which is what makes every couple and every day completely different. And some people have got a very clear idea of what, and what I'll choose my words carefully here, what they think they want. And it's that think word that is um, my style of wedding planning explores. And then you've got people obviously that don't have a clue what they want to achieve. And then you get people who are completely overwhelmed by inspirational sites where they can draw, obviously, um, different design ideas forward from so you get you beat a whole spectrum of, of people but ultimately for me I go in with a blank canvas and then I colour mm. it in with everything that I learn about a couple so it can take a few weeks before their actual wedding day evolves do you know in this vision mm. is that becomes something that they they're excited about and that they believe in you know and it can take a bit longer or you can find it immediately depending on where where they are or so, but for me 
being open at the start as a couple is mm. key to obviously developing the day that you really, really want to achieve. Yeah, because that, that's kind of what I wanted to to, to ask. Is it, weddings? <laughs> I remember my wedding twenty two years ago now, um, and it was it was lovely. It was great. Um, it was it was organised primarily by my mother in law, Kathleen, um, and it was fantastic. Everything, but you know th- that run up to it, th- there's always that kind of balance of excitement and total stress. And you know, how do you achieve the the balance between the two? And I just wonder, you know, do you? Would you have any recommendations for people that are kind of about to embark on this journey? How do, how do you make sure that regardless of what you go through, when you actually get to the day, it is a happy day and, you know, something that you are going to treasure and remember forever? It's the support system around you. So if you're in a position where you can hire a wedding planner, then being able to remove the entire stress of the planning process with the wedding planner is from what obviously people feedback to me is incredible do you know and and it does being able to outsource one of the biggest days of your life to a professional service allows you the flexibility to just enjoy it and obviously people get nervous because it's going to be their wedding day but they don't have the stress but we can achieve that through other other ways if people obviously do want to plan their own wedding or they're in a position where they fear that the wedding plan is not accessible for them, then it's relying on your friends and family. So you're building a team mm. around you and leading that team. So obviously, Chris, you've just said about your mother-in-law. So that that mm. was years gone by. Obviously, that was the lead. The mother-in-law was it was a, a huge job that it was... I should say she was brilliant at yeah. it, by the way. <laughs> I love my Well, lots of mother-in-laws <laughs> are brilliant at it. You know, they spend their life... Actually, <laughs> that was part of the role of a mum of a daughter going back some mm. time, you know, and traditions and obviously as time moves on, things have changed. Now couples are planning their own weddings and it, it, it is a collective experience now, do you know, grooms never used to want to be part of the process and obviously now you've and you've got couples where one will lead and if it's a couple that are a bride and a groom it might be the groom that leads you know and within same-sex marriages it's the same where you have a more one more dominant dominant character that wants to lead the process and so there isn't that shift now of it's just down to the mother of the bride or the mother of the bride and the bride but what's fundamental within it and even if you've got a wedding planner um alongside you is ensuring that you stick true to your own ethos and the decisions that you make you commit to and you can ask your team around you for support and advice but you've got to go with what's best for you do you know there's yeah. a lot of stress comes into play from external factors to, you know so being able to draw on those when it's important and then being able to sound it out at the time where decisions need to be made or it's time to enjoy it is crucial to the process do you know and that's even the same with like hiring a wedding planner i personally got to click with a couple there has to be chemistry you know there's no point in me 
working with a couple if there's nothing there? Do you know, if I don't get them or if their personality doesn't match mine, do you know, and there isn't that chemistry there, I can't deliver them the day that they, they deserve, do you know, and it would be unfair on me to move forward with their wedding where there's no chemistry, do you know, because it would be a difficult process. So it, it's it's never happened, but if those feelings were were too strong and I felt that actually I'm not the right person for this couple, I would move them on. And that's the same situation with your own family and friends. You know, it's surrounding yourself with, it might not be your sister, do you know, it might not even be your best friend. It could be a friend that actually really gets what you want and they're going to listen to you. So it's that support network around you. Excellent. Okay, that's great advice. Um, I mean, are there any, not wanting to kind of intrude on the privacy of people's uh, people's weddings, but are there any examples of, of, of events that you've, you've been involved in? You think, ah, that was a really good one. You know, or, or one that really kind of shines as, as, a, as a special, special moment. Yes. Um, obviously, with COVID, weddings have been really, I mean, significantly impacted. Do you know, people have had to put their life on hold and a lot of weddings were postponed and then when the government um, guidance changed and allowed weddings people had taken the time to think about what they really wanted to achieve and actually putting their life on hold for a year or two didn't make sense to them so we've pulled quite a few weddings back into this year and managed them within the guidance you know obviously up until recently it was numbers of 30 and now it's reduced to 15 but the weddings that have taken place in that time have been unreal. Do you know, they've not been big showstoppers with like 150, 200 guests. Do you know, they've been completely different to what people had originally planned. But the days have been so special because it's been, a, mm. everything's evolved around the ceremony. Everything's been evolved around people who just want to get married. Do you know, it's brought it really back to that core purpose of what a wedding day is all about and really a wedding day is the ceremony so, you know we everything else is the glitz and the gloss on top but people's days have been unreal during this like circumstances because as you say with, with covid it has been stressful and i've been able to remove some of that stress but when you're planning weddings in a pandemic and the guidelines change constantly that has an effect. So I've planned some weddings five times over to, you know, to meet the <laughs> guidelines. So when you actually get to that day, it's like, right, it's happening. Do you know, and they've been really special. But going back over like the years, I've got one wedding that I absolutely um, loved. And it was because of the people, do you know, and it always is because of the people. That's what's important. And it was an interrelation marriage. So we hosted a two-day event. So they got the joy of two weddings. So incredibly lucky. And usually we'll try to blend both cultures into the one day. But this was very much, uh, no, we're going to do two separate days. So we had an Asian wedding on the first day and a traditional British wedding on the second day and it was just incredible in terms of the the guests the family the friends and how they embraced 
both days so passionately and it was just the best fun ever do you know and it was just one of those experiences that it was just incredible do you know you can't really put your the words into play to really describe the feelings from that day but witnessing it was really really special do you know in one of those moments where you think you wish the world could be like that every day you know and it was just a pure joy do you know to be part of it all and so lovely it must be a real privilege to be yeah to to to, to have that level of contact with with somebody else's big day somebody else's family yeah. and friends yeah it is it is I that being able to build that bond with a family and you I become their best friend they become part of my family and I become part of their family and obviously as the month goes on it gets down to weeks and days and it's very you've become very very close to the point where people rely on you for things that they when they met you the, a few months beforehand they would never have shared with you do you know but you get that close to them that every little thing is quite significant and they want to share it with you and that that is another beauty of having a wedding planner that you connect with because we've all got families and weddings involve families and anything can happen in a family from day to day and being able to have a connection with somebody where they can you can help them through a difficult time so that it doesn't impact their special occasion is quite special you know if it's yeah. positive, brilliantly, but obviously with families, they can we all know families are turbulent, do you know, and there can be <laughs> lots of different situations that occur even throughout a wedding day. So it yeah, that bond is really important. Just just thinking about, about your your role as as a business owner then and and, and a businesswoman. I mean how how long have you run uh, run your own business or businesses? Um I decided to go self employed in two thousand and eight but the business wasn't trading until 2012. So obviously I, I was in pre-start before that. Um, I also had another child in that time. But I was also, um, I had a childminding business at that point as well. Do you know, it was that whole thing of when you have your first baby, I was like, what am I going to do? And I thought, oh, I'll, retra I'll retrain and I'll do a childminding course and that'll work perfectly. And then was a bit like, oh, actually, why don't I set up a business and what I'm really skilled in <laughs> so even though I loved the child mind it was brilliant you know I got to play with kids all day long <laughs> which was good fun <laughs> but it um, yeah so is I've been seven points since 2008 but the wedding planning business went live in uh, 2012 and, and and being your own boss is that that's kind of source of satisfaction and and and, and happiness I guess for you yes I like to be in control of my own time one of the main reasons for that is I've got quite significant health issues I've got long-term chronic illnesses and being able to manage those within my needs especially with them when I had a family around the needs of my family is crucially important to you know and I'm realistic from the point of view of it would be an unfair on an employer to, you know, for me to have been able to commit to a role that I potentially needed time off, like hospital appointments and, and the likes, you know, for, and not being 100% of my game 24-7. But 
being able to manage it myself without it impacting on anybody else was really important for me. Goes back to that whole thing of helping other people. One thing I've always been conscious of having chronic health conditions is I've never wanted them to impact on other people. So being my own boss really helps me manage that. I think I would really struggle in an employed environment because I'd be worried all the time. Like, am I going to be ill? Is this going to happen? To, you know, so it, it takes a lot of stress away from me being my own boss. As well, when I obviously had children, going back to what I said was a priority, I wanted that mum role, you know, that without being split between the demands of an employer and being able to put my children to bed in an evening do the whole story, do you know, bedtime routine, being able to attend shows at school, do you know, just by a drop of a hat. So having the flexibility of working for myself has enabled me to fulfil that role to the best of my ability, do you know, and I've been fortunate that I've, I've not had that disappointment of not being able to attend something with one of the children. I think I'd really, really struggle with that element in life. So being self-employed, which is obviously a choice, allows me to to live my life the way I want to live it. I mean, it's, it's a risk going self-employed, it is a risk. Do you know, especially in times like this, I'm self-employed in the wedding industry, do you know, there couldn't be a worse time to be self-employed in the wedding industry. And you were constantly, you don't have um, the, I've forgotten what the word is, knowing where that next income is coming from, you know, it's sustaining that income long term, that, that's a risk, to, you know, not, not being employed now, security, not having the security of an employed role where you've got that wage coming in month by month, that's what I offset, to, you know, that's the risk of being self-employed, but I take that risk so I can fulfil other roles within my life that I wouldn't, I would really struggle with if if it was the other way around if the balance was shifted so it's it's running your own business being the person that's in charge of your own kind of professional destiny obviously is really 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 important um I, never having been self-employed always having worked for other people i imagine there's there's a lot of doing that you know a lot of um processes and admin and things which you know the stuff which has kind of got to be done um but perhaps can does, does that get in the way of your satisfaction is it just something you, you kind of suffer or is it actually do, doing all that stuff is actually enjoyable as well um process makes me feel better once i've done it if you think about <laughs> it like cleaning your house like yeah. i'm not one of those people that go on a saturday yes I'm going to clean the house today. Do you know that? If that's just not who I am. Do you know I like the nice <laughs> stuff and like us sure. all. So I don't look at a day of doing the accounts as yesterday. I'm doing the accounts. Once I get to the end of the day, I get that real satisfaction of it's done. The same as when you finished your cleaning. The satisfaction of it's done. I've done it. Do you know? But yeah, there's obviously the two sides of running your own business is working in the business and working on the business and you need to give both equal focus my biggest weakness 
is pushing myself forward and a big element of business is doing that um so i'm not hot at all with marketing and that's the thing that really challenges me throughout my business you know it's a bit that i really struggle with you know i'm not a huge social media fan you know i'm on social media for the like from for work purposes you know for charity purposes even though i'm a bit like oh well who were it posting to you know pushing my own business forward so if I needed to improve on something, it's definitely that side of it, the marketing side of the business. You know, so it, that is where it's different to being employed because my other half works in quite a big commercial company. And obviously they've got different departments that take care of everything. So we doesn't need to worry about the marketing for the company that he works for because there's a whole department that love doing that and are getting paid to do it whereas as I'm not <laughs> getting paid to do that element of my business and I don't like it so it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, that that is the one area where I'm like oh I need to get better at this so but yeah you've got to do all of it and it, it's just the case of you, you've got to do it but it's funny because obviously within relationships that is my bit of a go-to in in heated discussions with my other half. Do you know about that whole work <laughs> balance situation? That I will be like, well, you just have to do your job. I've got to do my job as well as be the marketer, as well as be the accountant, as well as being HR. Do you know? And so there is that side of being self-employed. It's you're not just doing the job you're skilled in. You've got to be skilled within all the other areas that running a business entails. So, and obviously, if you're a sole trader, which is what I am, then there's only you, you know, the book stops with you. So, it's the accountability factor just comes down to driving yourself forward, you know, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd survive very well in that sort of environment thinking about it, but it's, uh, um, thank you for that. Um, just, I, I guess that the final round of questions that I wanted to ask you. You mentioned um, your charity work and sort of things you've done in the community. And that, that's that's kind of where, where we yes. first met was um, in the playground at the, the school that both our sons yes. went to. Um, uh-huh. uh, seems so long ago now. They were oh, tiny. No. <laughs> I, don't know what's, I don't know what has happened to yours recently. My mind's kind of almost as tall as I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you, you've always been very deeply engaged and involved in schools uh, in that particular mm-hmm. school in this area mm-hmm. um tell us a little bit about kind of what your involvement was there and so what was what was driving that um i'm very community driven um, mm. it's everywhere else in the world it takes a community to raise a child do you know and i think the uk um has lost that ability if we just go back a short time ago, it was very much the whole community worked together, you know, and it's, it's something that I'd love to get back to, you know, within our society. Um, we're also focused on our own needs and driving forward and things, and I think we've just lost sight of actually getting from A to B. You need help and support, you know, in the community around us can help us achieve that um 
when I first moved to Newcastle, obviously it was a, it was another move. I'd already left the northeast and moved to the Midlands, and I went to London. And then um, it was actually living in London that that sense of community was a need that I knew I had. And so the move to Newcastle was to to obviously fulfil that. And straight away moving here, that's what I did. Do you know, obviously we we moved into an area and started to bed down roots. And then um, obviously I had my eldest child and that is when I was started then to work on my purpose. So I started volunteering within the community straight away. And obviously there was a lot of reward and a lot of personal growth that I achieved through that. And I really enjoyed it. And it, it's a, the unpaid roles, but the paid, you, you can't measure it. Do you know, you can't measure the gain. Do you know, it's not financial. And I just wanted to do more and more and more. So I got more and more involved in the community, do you know, and I was um, volunteering through UNICEF, um, working with local midwives, you know, supporting the Shewa Start Centres, which were amazing, do you know, and actually, there's such a shame that the funding cuts have been made there because they were very much drawn back in that community. Like ethos of it takes a community to raise a family. And so by the time we met at school, I had that fire and that drive to actually want to really make a difference within the community I lived in and support people and especially young people. I've got um, a huge passion and belief that if we invest in our young, we're investing in the future. And so that belief as well, running alongside that sense of community, really spurred me on. So obviously in, in the Got of Trusted Schools, um, we've got a really lovely sense of community and very much so in the school that we met and it it, it was just beautiful to be part of such a gorgeous community and I've really really wanted to support you know everybody within it so initially it was Dylan started nursery and I started helping with the PTA and then before I knew it I was chairing the PTA and <laughs> then I became a governor in the school as a, a parent governor initially and then moved on became a trust governor and with it focused around um my passions which is obviously helping people bridging gaps and things so it's sort of worth looking at the gaps with our disadvantaged children you know SEN and all about removing barriers and stuff and just but I really embedded myself in that community so it wasn't just the chair like the chair of the PTA and the governor role I knew everybody, do you know, and anybody could come to me for help and support, whether it was connection to that or outside of school. And that helped us as a family as well, because it built our network, do you know, which meant that I then had support around us too. So, and it was just an incredible, it's been incredible, you know, and obviously I'm coming to the end of that journey. But as I've gone along in the years, especially with developing the business, I've picked up other roles as well, do you know, within the wider community and nationally. So it, um, yeah, it, 
that sense of community is really, really important. Hopefully when we come outside of this, the, we, we're drawn back into community living again. Do you know, it'd be nice to see that. I mean, it's been, it's been lovely to see the difference just from people's holidays this summer. There wasn't international travel, there was local travel. And I think that's a real positive. Do you know, for people to really invest in what's on their doorstep, do you know, and that's fundamentally the best investment we can make is within people, do you know, some people within our local community, it, they're vital to, to the fulfilment of our lives, so yeah, it all comes down to that basically, which is a lot what I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of wraps things up uh, really nicely, but I, I am, I'm going to... Um, finished by making you tell us about the bench <gasps> yes you were telling me about it yesterday because i i think it's just lovely and i, I you've t you talked a lot about kind of what's um uh kind of what you've given to groups and what you've given to the schools and things and and, and this this bench when you tell us about it it's, it's sort of the thank you that comes back from it i think is also is also important but it's it's what they what they chose yeah it's, um, it's, it's, it's a lovely story so with within our obviously community the Obviously, it's, it's a decade of work and that I did because I wanted to do. And the reward was actually seeing those that time and energy in the efforts being enjoyed, but also making a difference within the community. So being thanked is something that I appreciate, but never it was never something that I needed or was something I looked for. But obviously appreciated and was grateful when people did present thanks so because I'm coming to the, the end of that chapter um, in the summer I was presented with the most incredible thank you which actually shocked me beyond words you know I couldn't I couldn't speak I found it really difficult but it was it was a bench but it wasn't just any old bench it was a friendship <laughs> bench which will obviously be it, well, it is situated in in the in the community for it to be enjoyed, and it's a friendship bench where little children will sit on with their friends and enjoy enjoy their day, to, you know, and make memories on that bench. And for years to come, I mean, it's funny because you, I'll see people and I'll say, "I was sat on you today," <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's um, yeah, it's. It was just incredible, an incredible moment, and to think that they presented me with was such a beautiful gift. I felt incredibly mm. honoured, to you know, and obviously the the head at the school, he 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 knows that I feel really uncomfortable when I'm sort of like put on the spot, <laughs> pointed out and things. But he was like, we really needed to do something, and this was the right yeah. thing to do. And obviously I was very, very grateful, but I just love it. I love the fact that there's a bench called a friendship bench with my name on it. And it's going to have lots of little people making friendships on for years and years to come, do you know, and making those lovely little memories. It's, it's, it's just beautiful, do you know, and I feel incredibly honoured, do you know, to have it. I mean, in an ideal world, I, I would love to share all that kindness out and have all these friendship benches everywhere you know mm -hmm. and hopefully in time you never know that that might happen well that brings us really nicely back to i guess where we started when we were talking about 
kind of small moments of kindness and happiness being shared. Um, and these, this this bench is going to be a focus for that within within the school for these moments. So I, that's probably a great time to to say thank you, Michelle Jones, for um, your time this morning. Thank you to your builders for giving us the, the soundtrack in the background. Uh, it's good to know that they've been busy all the uh-huh. way through. Um, thank you very much from the Geordie Guide to oh, Happiness. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. So that was my chat with Michelle. Uh, what did everybody think? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I really enjoyed this this one for a lot of different reasons. And I'm not going to touch on the wedding planning, actually, because mm-hmm. uh, there were two things that, that really struck me. The first one was a phrase that she used was called uh, business with a purpose, mm. because obviously she is a business person. And yet everything she talked about in the interview was completely people driven. And she enjoys her business because it's a, a people driven business. So I was really struck by that. And the, and, the, and the enthusiasm and passion in her voice was great. But the, the one that really hit home at, at a personal level was when she was talking about uh, volunteering and where she gets the energy from to do all these things. is. is <laughs> but when she, when she was talking about the volunteering, when she came back into the area and, and wanted to develop a help network almost, it was almost for herself, she reached out to other people that, and she's bringing up a children to feel like this as well which I think is amazing Mm. and when she was talking about coming into an area where you don't know anybody and and there aren't always the mechanisms to to get to know people and she turned to volunteering it struck me that that's what I did when I came back to live here I hadn't appreciated it and Mm. she actually gave me the reasoning and the words for for why I started to do volunteering in the playgroup and that was a life changer for me. So I, I just thank her very much for for giving me the words to reflect on a part of my life. And it was it was amazing. That's lovely. Thanks, Kath. I liked the bit when she was talking about a smile doesn't cost anything. Um, and, you know, an adopted Geordie from London, I can relate to the whole, you know, when, you know, back home in London, I mean, people were friendly enough, but there wasn't that same, um, yeah, community feel, I think, when, you know, I will go for a walk here or I'll be on the bus and somebody will strike up a conversation with you or, yeah, just smile at you. And it, it really does just lift the mood when a, a complete stranger says good morning to you and you've got no idea who they are and you're just out walking your dog. So um, that was something that I thought was really nice. And um, I think completely different businesses, but I could relate to everything she was talking about as far as, you know, working for herself um, and the trials and tribulations and the excitement and the trepidation that sort of goes with that. Um, Yeah, so that struck a chord with me as well. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. Dom, how about you? What did you think? Um, Well, I mean... Two notes. Uh, the first one just says that she's an optimist, mm. and uh, I guess, and then in brackets, uh, I guess that's an inevitable part of being a wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what but, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think you could be a wedding planner if you're not. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm. 
And um, secondly, um, she said something really, really nice, which was that you don't just raise your children, the community mm -hmm. raises your children. So, and it made perfect sense, like a logical connection between the volunteer work and her understanding that the community raises your children. So if you invest in that community, it's going to do a better job of raising your children with you and everybody gets mm -hmm. raised up together. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, I, I did make her feel very uncomfortable at the end by asking her to talk about that bench. I knew, I knew it would, and I did it anyway. So I'll probably go to hell for that. Um, but <laughs> it, 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 it always struck me about Michelle, because as I said in the, uh, in the interview, um, our children went to the same school for quite a while. Um, so every morning while I was dropping our youngest off, she would always be there and she would always be, you know, part of the conversation with everybody. And she would, she knew everybody at that school. Everybody knew her and, you know, she would be having the kind of most involved, deepest conversations with people. She was right at the heart of everything. Um, and for her to then be talking about kind of the importance of community, I mean, it all kind of, it all kind of fitted together really, really well. Um, but she's just, she just strikes me as one of these people that's really kind of, she's centered. She's kind of, she knows who she is. Um, which reminded me a bit of what she was talking about um, last time around, which was about knowing yourself as being one of the routes to happiness. So if you have been inspired by this podcast or any of the others, uh, then we'd love to hear from you. Um, we love to hear your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. So you can get in touch with us via email. It's hello at the Geordie Guide to Happiness, one word, .co.uk. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, which is at Geordie Guide. Uh, or Facebook, where we're the Geordie Guide to Happiness. As always, we don't want to uh, forget our funders. Um, this project wouldn't be possible without the support from the Newcastle Cultural Investment Fund at the Community Foundation. So thank you so much for your support. And uh, who have we got next week? Next week, we have Libby Morrison, who is a PhD student in the School for Geography, Politics and Sociology at Newcastle University. She's also a co-lecturer in the Politics of Happiness module at the university as well. So we had a good chat about what is involved in that. So you'll hear me ask her questions like this. Going back to the Politics of Happiness module then, how did that come about? Because our, our project team just kind of came across, across it as part of our sort of research when we were starting uh, this podcast and this project. Um, where did that module come from? And hear Libby give answers like this. Well, I think uh, uh, David uh, Walker, who's the, the module leader, um, he, he put, put, put this together a, a few years ago. And I think that, and I, I obviously can't speak for him, but I think that that's come from an interest in you know, a lot of the so the Greek philosophers, um, uh, the Stoics, um, Aristotle, um, Epicurus, all sorts of interesting names uh, from the from the past. Um, but they're absolutely fascinating. Um, and a lot of the things that they talk about are the things, frankly, that we talk about now, three thousand odd years later. So that's Libby Morrison next week. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, everybody. We'll see you in the next podcast. <laughs>